0: Hello, and welcome back to The Daily Poem, podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Monday, July 24, 2023. Today's poem is by Edward John Morrison Drax Plunkett, 18th Baron of Dunsany. More colloquially known as Lord Dunsany, a member of Irish nobility, and uh, a celebrated writer in his day. More on him in a moment. The poem is called Dirge of Victory. As is our custom here on the show, I will read it once, offer a brief commentary, and then close out with a second reading poem. A Dirge of Victory by Lord Dunsany. Lift not thy trumpet victory, To the sky, nor through battalions, nor by batteries blow, But over hollows full of old wire go, Where among dregs of war the long dead lie, With wasted iron that the guns passed by, When they went eastward like a tide at flow. There blow thy trumpet, that the dead may know, Who waited for thy coming, victory. It is not we that have deserved thy wreath, they waited there among the towering weeds. The deep mud burned under the thermite's breath, and winter cracked the bones that no man heeds. Hundreds of nights flamed by, the seasons passed, and thou, last, hath come to them at last, at last. Edward Plunkett, or Lord Dunson, he was born today, July twenty-fourth, rather on this date, July twenty-fourth, in eighteen seventy-eight. He died nineteen fifty-seven. He was a writer of poetry and drama, but is perhaps best known for his fantasy fiction, particularly his 1924 fantasy novel, The King of Elfland's Daughter. Which went on to, uh, which was very popular in his own day and went on to uh, inspire other fantasy fiction writers of his generation and generations to come. Uh, notable among those who seem to have been uh, inspired by Dunsany's one J.R.R. Tolkien. When in the 1960s, Tolkien asked his friend Clyde Kilby to help him assemble scattered papers and poems and uh, scraps of writing into what would become the Silmarillion, uh, Tolkien first asked Kilby to read The King of Elfland's Daughter as if it might give him the necessary uh, preparation or or inspiration for the project. Uh, Dunsany employed a number of uh, writing techniques in his fantasy fiction that Uh, Tolkien would also take up and uh, arguably perfect. Uh, Both were known for their skill in uh, world building and for giving the impression of a a broader and grander universe beyond the page of the particular story you happen to be reading. Uh, They also share the unhappy distinction of being war writers, both served in uh, World War I, uh, had mixed experiences there and then uh, drew on their experience in their own fictional writing. Which brings us to today's poem. Dunsany uh, saw some combat in World War I, but then later uh, he came to serve the war effort as a writer of propaganda for the uh, British uh, Ministry of Intelligence. In fact, he shared uh, offices and work assignments with uh, other well known literary figures, such as A. A. Milne. And a number of his poems uh, take up the theme of, of the mixed emotions surrounding war, especially World War I, which uh, began uh, surrounded by so much optimism there was a kind of romantic um, idea about world war 1 as uh, many nations uh, were dragged into it and that romanticism soon faded as the uh, brutality of modern warfare uh, became so eminently clear this was uh, a war where many soldiers died crawling through mud and barbed wire this was the first uh, international war that really saw the, uh, the the use of chemical weaponry. And by the end of it, many were left wondering uh, whether what they had gained at the end of the war was uh, worth the cost that had been paid. In this sonnet, A Dirge of Victory, uh, even the title is striking because you don't usually sing Dirges, when you have been victorious, dirges go with death and defeat. Victory is something to be celebrated. You sing happy songs, odes to victory, and all that. But about halfway through the first stanza or the octet in this poem, uh, we come to understand exactly why uh, he chose the dirge as the form for celebrating the end of the war. He addresses victory directly, and tells her not to go singing among uh, the living, even among the living soldiers, but to find the dead in the hollows full of old wire where the long dead lie. And they lie forgotten. They lie unburied with wasted iron that the guns passed by, with bones Cracked by winter, that no man heeds. So the living are absent from these places now. They have moved on. But the dead remain. And uh, he he chooses his imagery uh, so well and creates this impression of the dead being the ones who continue to fight. They are the ones who still remain on the battlefield. And it's clear, of course, uh, for Dunsany, that uh, they are the ones who have paid the greatest price, uh, labored most greatly to bring about the end of the war. It's fitting that the message should go to them. It is not we that have deserved thy wreath. They waited there among the towering weeds. Uh, There's even this suggested correlation uh, because of the you know, nature of the audience being dead uh, and the opening line referencing the trumpet of victory uh, between this scene and say uh, the gospel of Christ and the harrowing of hell uh, that the good news should be preached to those in the graves, uh, the tragic and I think intentional irony here, of course, is that uh, this message is going to fall on deaf ears, and uh, though it's good news to be sure that victory has come and that the end of the war uh, has arrived, that it's good news that's not going to bring about any kind of efficacious change in the, the lives or lack thereof. Of those who hear it unlike the harrowing of hell uh the good news preached to those in hades in the grave uh, is accompanied by goes along with resurrection release rescue uh, and the sad and heavy note that continues and sounds heaviest at the end of this poem is uh, really the realization that uh, no rescue or resurrection is coming for these uh, who have paid the great price for victory. Uh, at least in the here, uh, it's unclear what the speaker or Dunson himself might think about the hereafter. Uh, but it, is, uh, it does echo a common theme, as I mentioned before, uh, those who use their writing to reflect on uh, war in general and World War I in particular, uh, great suffering, great human evil and great loss of life uh, occurred and uh, the world was shaken and it was not always easy for those living through it and on the other side of it uh, to be sure that it could really ever and finally be put right again. Dunsany's style is what we would call pre-modern. He's writing uh, formalist poetry. Uh, And even though this is not uh, heavy handed, uh, some would characterize it as sentimental or romantic, uh, and he would fall out of favor as a poet uh, in his own lifetime. Because, of course, the uh, wave of modernist poetry, the likes of uh, T.S. Eliot and others, uh, would sweep Europe and America. And uh, perhaps another dramatic irony is that it may be in part due to the very war that he took as his subject often, uh, that these changes in the philosophy of poetry and art that took place. But he made use of what he had in the moment uh, and I think did a mighty fine job. You can uh, find some of Lord Dunsany's poems uh, digitally, uh, available on the internet. There are others that, that are easier to access in print, and I encourage you to, to seek them out. Uh, but whether or not you spend much time reading his poetry, I really do commend to you his fantasy literature, especially King of Elfland's Daughter. In the meantime, uh, once more, A Dirge of Victory. Lift not thy trumpet victory to the sky. Nor through battalions, nor by batteries blow, But over hollows full of old wire go, Where among dregs of war the long dead lie, With wasted iron that the guns passed by. When they went eastward like a tide at flow, There blow thy trumpet, that the dead may know, Who waited for thy coming victory. It is not we that have deserved thy wreath. They waited there among the towering weeds, The deep mud burned under the thermite's breath, and winter cracked the bones that no man heeds. Hundreds of nights flamed by, the seasons passed, and thou hast come to them at last. At last. This has been the Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support this show, please visit Daily Poem Pod. Dot On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.